Hey everybody, thanks for checking in. Bobo's gonna be sitting this week out. He's out doing, you know, new dad stuff. So this one's gonna be me, Chris, and Dan. Uh, and we're gonna actually try to give him a little bit of advice. So he's going through the whole new dad thing again. Whereas, you know, when we started this pod, we'd already been well into our parenting careers. So we spend this week talking about a lot of the transitions that are going to be coming from him. So we talk about some of our experience with transitioning from things like, you know, the liquid diet over to solid foods as the kids get older, some of the sleep habits that get developed in these early years. And we kind of talk about some of the things that worked for us, some of the things that didn't work with us, and we have a little bit of fun as we're talking about it. Also on this week's episode, I make a mistake when referencing an old car ad or car slogan. We talk about some of the worst foods that you could possibly start your kids off with when you're first transitioning over to solids. This winds up being a pretty fun episode to shoot, and we hope that you enjoy listening. So let's start up that theme music. wait a minute, that's not right. Where's that opening that we've all grown to know and love? Well, Bobo can't make it to this week's episode, so we had a little pseudo moment of silence for our boy. Bobo's off dealing with uh, new dadding duties, so this is going to be a Chris, Dan, and Shane episode this week. Uh, Before we hop into this week's topic, which is going to be about making transitions, Bobo's going through a pretty big one right now, uh, we're going to jump into hot takes. Chris, you're going to bet lead off for us today. How are we doing, big man? Hey, thank you for checking in. Don't have a hot take per se, but I want to share a fun story with the listeners. Uh, as you may know, some of our longtime listeners, I was supposed to take a vacation with my wife to uh, London and Paris this week. We were supposed to leave on Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going. Uh, in lieu of that, I thought it was a really nice thing what we could do. Uh, there's an electric transformer kind of in our neighborhood that, that kind of looks like the Eiffel Tower. And my wife and I are going to go drink <laughs> drink wine underneath that so if you have any better ideas uh i'd love to hear them you got <laughs> mail baby yeah I know, that's a british sounding gentleman right there um yeah so that's a good idea so when we when we end up posting this we're gonna need some recreating europe ideas um and i'm gonna try to think of some by the end of this episode so my hot take isn't really the hottest but i'll tell you something we've been doing in our house lately um So when it comes to getting the boys down, what we've been trying to do is kind of help them decompress a little bit. And what we've noticed is, is that if you're doing the cartoons or if you're doing a Disney movie or something like that, they'll get hyped up with the songs and that'll typically, if anything, get them more energized as opposed to winding them down. That Elephants documentary has actually done a really good job of helping them cool off at the end of the day they really like it they like the animals and stuff and we can't exactly go to the zoo right now so it's a nice way to if we're gonna have some screen time at least have some nature involved the one thing is though is that i've watched it every night for several weeks at this point so i started to really pick apart the story and the biggest thing that i've got with it being a documentary like that is i just find it hilarious how much of a story they've created where they, they're giving all of these elephants names and stuff like that and backstories. I just wondered myself, like if we as humans how for whatever reason, I find it hilarious to think that we could just completely have it wrong. Like the names and stuff like that. Like 
there's a little baby elephant named Jomo, obviously trying to sound like exotic while kitty at the same time. Well, what if they call him, you know, fucking Frank or something like that? I don't know. I think about it way too often. I've told you guys my thoughts on telly with Sesame Street and stuff like that. But when the matriarch and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen elephants yet in three seconds, I'm gonna give you a spoiler. One, two, three. So the matriarch dies at the end. Actually, no, it's more of in the middle of it. There's a moment where one of the other elephants like puts its trunk on it. And the narrator's saying things along the lines of, you know, just saying goodbye and, you know, thanking it for the years of leading the pack and stuff like that. I'm just thinking to myself, like, what if the elephant's really saying, I fucking hated you this entire time. You're the worst. (laughs) You're the iron fist. You slept with my husband and then chased him off. I hate you. I'm glad you're dead. So when you watch the same thing over and over again as an adult, even if it does help your kids go to sleep, your mind can end up going to very weird places when you've been stuck inside for two and a half friggin' months at this point. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Shane. Uh, And part of the reason I'm doing good is because I haven't been stuck inside. Uh, North Dakota, things are looking a little promising, especially on the western side. Things are opening back up and uh, went out to a store today. It was nice. Uh, Kimberly needed some shoes, so we went shoe shopping uh, without her. She stayed at home, but 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 Lynn and I went. And uh, I got to tell you, I I know America is a place where we tend to celebrate extremes. Um, mm-hmm. Innovation. Yeah, it, 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 and I get it, right? You don't get anywhere by being passive. However... Being out today, I realized that we've gone so far in one direction that it's it's time to reel it back in. And of course, I'm talking about sock fashion. Now, your your head probably went immediately to clever designs, uh, and I'm I'm good with that. What I saw today was the most absurd piece of of clothing or undergarment or anything anybody would ever wear ever. It was. A Steve Madden branded toe capper. Now, for those of you who don't know, a toe capper is a third of a sock that's priced at $15. And I have to ask the question, why would you spend 20 bucks to wear the uncomfortable part of a sock? You may, like when you wear socks that are a little bit too small and they slide under and then they get caught in like the, the arc of your foot. That's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. And somehow, Steve Madden, this extremist for sock fashion, has made it popular to, to buy that accident. And buy it for 20 bucks. What I think, you know what else is incredible? You think about the Arnold Palmer drink, you know, named after the legendary golfer. I can't believe the former football coach and sportscaster has a second career selling socks. Incredible. And piss poor socks at that. Ridiculous. The funny thing is is that someone could probably respond with an actual purpose for them. Maybe they're for for, for ballet dancers or something like that. No. Well, no, it's... You you hit the nail on the head. It's a sock at its worst. Like it's as if Steve Madden also came out with a brand of wet socks. That would be the only comp to this. Yeah, never-endingly damp. Try try our new line where the big toe has a giant hole in it. (laughs) 
Steve Maddox just messing with us at this point. I like it. Okay. You know, there there's a lot of fetishists out there, and there's probably a market for them somewhere. I'm 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 sure, Internet Chris. I'm I'm sure that there is, but I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. stand for it. Not gonna stand for it today. Not today. In your tone, but members. so one thing that we will stand for outside of uh, full foot covering socks um, is something that we're hoping will prove to be useful not only to our listeners, but to one of the gentlemen on this pod as uh, one that cannot be with us right now. Bobo is he's off doing fatherly duties. Now, you'll notice that, you know, the days in which we're releasing these shows or how many of us around at a given time might be a little bit sporadic. They have been during the pandemic, I understand. Um, But with Bobo's new addition to the family, outside of just talking about being new dads, he is one again. So one thing that I thought that we would uh, revisit, thought it'd be a good idea, is to talk about some of the key transitions that you make during those first, you know, the early months and the early years of being a parent. Some of those transitions that you make, um, they, they, they kind of highlight some of the bigger milestones, whether it be, you know, going from co-sleeping to them sleeping in their own rooms, stuff with food. And so we thought that we would just kind of jump into that right now, talk about it a little bit and give our perspective. Uh, a, to help out the listeners. B, maybe to help out a guy who's going through it in real time. Uh, give him some different ideas from what he's done his first two go-rounds. So I, I guess what I'll do is I'll open it up to you guys real quick. What do you think we should lead off with right now? Because there are a couple different areas in which we could go. There's the going from milk to solid food, getting off the boob, getting them out of the bedroom and stuff like that. What were some big transitions for you guys? And we'll just kind of see where the conversation takes us. Let's uh, let's start off with sleeping. Uh, I think that one, Bobo kind of kicked the discussion off in my brain saying, hey, we're trying to teach uh, baby fits the difference between night and day when you should be up during the day and asleep at night unless you're a vampire, you know? Uh, so that kind of got the idea in my head. Well, let's talk about sleeping a little bit. Uh, well, co-sleeping. So there's two schools of thought here, right? There's the co-sleeping of the children in your bed, or there's the co-sleeping, you know, the children just in your bedroom, right? And those are both two different forms of co-sleeping. Um, Bobo set an example for me. Uh Ellie, his daughter, was was about seven months or so ahead of Reagan, and uh, they were co-sleeping. His kids were co-sleeping in the bed, and uh, I like my sleep. I don't get enough of it. Uh, I was pretty adamant, no no children in our bed at all costs, uh, and Bobo said he wasn't having great success, and if I'm not mistaken, they still kid, kids are still in his bed from time to time. Uh, we tried really hard not to let that happen. Um, even now, Reagan is three and a half. If she comes in in the middle of the night, we say, nope, back to your bed. You're not going to go in with us. Um, we had a little bit of a, a struggle with uh, baby Mackenzie, though. Uh, when Anywhere from four to six months, pretty much when we moved to Nebraska and got situated, uh, she wasn't sleeping through the night, and there was lots of other babies who, who were around her same age successfully sleeping the night and we, with our first one she did pretty well but it was like six or seven months constantly crying all night wouldn't wouldn't want to be consoled wouldn't want the boob wasn't hungry couldn't sleep couldn't get comfortable so it was having an effect on me and rachel's relationship we were really mad at each other all the time we weren't sleeping we were tired at work so finally we said guidelines be darned we're gonna put her in her crib see what happens and she took to it uh really quickly so 
you know, we, we, we laugh. We're like, we should have did that months ago, you know, and, and just let her, you know, they, they say cry it out. And I, I think Shane will talk about crying it out in a little bit here. We, we just let Mackenzie figure it out and put her in her own room. And uh, that was a huge bonus for for our, our mental health, our marriage, a bunch of other things. Um, we wanted to make it a year with both kids, but I don't think either of them did. Uh, they ended up in a crib in their own room sooner than that. And realistically, I mean, you, you'll know what's best for you. Yeah. And this is one where I think that whatever your opinion is going in, this was one of the first examples that I saw where your opinion going in does not matter at all when you compare to what you're actually going to do in the situation. So the idea of co-sleeping is one that never really crossed my mind. You know, we, we had the bedside bassinets and stuff like that. So the, we had twins. So one on one side, one on the other side. Yeah. We thought we were going to do that for a little while and they'd eventually end up in their cribs. The idea of a baby in the bed was one that initially always made me super uncomfortable. Just the idea of it. You got to keep in mind, I was going into this thinking I was going to break the kids when I put a shirt on them. So the idea of (laughs) rolling over onto one is one that, you know, I'd like to avoid that if possible, but you know, it's the whole best laid plans thing. Yeah. There was plenty of co-sleeping in the bed and stuff like that. And it wound up being the super thing to where I, I found out that I sleep like in a, like a rock, um, Toyota truck style. And is that what it is? Is Toyota like a rock? Like a rock. It it wasn't Toyota. No. Was it Chevy? It definitely wasn't. I just know it wasn't Toyota. I don't don't think a Japanese company would use, what is that? Like a rock. No. I'm going to have to look it up. It's been a while since I've seen one of those commercials. It has to be. It has to be an American company, and I don't think it was Ford. Regardless. I, I would say Chevy. Okay, so either way, I'm 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 sleeping you like talk, a bull. You talk, I Google. Yeah, you Google. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> the point is, though, is that it wound up being a non-issue, and it's it's again, it was probably the best example that I had of having an idea going in and it turning out not to be an actual thing, or or, or my convictions going in did not match what ended up working for us in the long run. Um, the big transition for us wasn't necessarily from the sleeping in our bed to the crib. We were able to get them to their crib in a relatively easy manner. Our big thing was the whole getting up in the middle of the night with them and helping soothe them back to sleep. Um, no, the, the big thing with us was the eventual letting them cry it out. So if they woke up and they were crying and nothing was wrong, um, just letting them cry it out was a really, really big one. And it was an awesome one. So this was more of a transition for us than them. But at the same time, they stopped doing it as much once they realized that it wasn't getting them anywhere. So if they would cry in the middle of the night or something like that for no other reason than to come and be held when they weren't held, all of a sudden it stopped happening. Um, It was also kind of cool to where once we were on the same page with that and we realized that, hey, nothing's wrong. They'll fall back asleep. I remember one night in particular to where it was like three in the morning. One of them starts crying and I just go, are you going to get up? She's like, no, are you? Nope. So we gave it like five minutes and ended up sure, sure enough, ended up passing right back out. Um, the, the big sleep one, it's, I'll, I'll get to Dan before I talk about this. Uh, the big sleep one wasn't from our bed to their bedroom. It was from the crib to the big boy bed. And this was a transition for us that wasn't that long ago. That's probably the biggest and the best one that we've had so far. But Dan, tell me about your experience with this. The, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit because there was a couple different uh, sleeping transitions that we had to go through. So 
uh, early on, there was definitely no co-sleeping as far as in the same bed. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when this was most prevalent, I had a studio. So (laughs) it was kind of in the same room, no matter what, unless I wanted to throw her in the bathroom. But, uh, (laughs) but, but uh, no, it was, it was pretty clear on that. And then once got to uh, upgraded in life and went to a two bedroom, it, never in the same room it was it was always in her room granted it was pretty close um but definitely employed the uh the cry it out technique um and and that worked pretty well for for me and for nora i mean she she was pretty good with that and didn't cry too much i I had it down to a science it was if it went past like six and a half minutes it was something was up but normally it was less than that um so that was kind of the first one, but, and I don't know if you guys have had this issue yet. Um, but like the second one, the second transition with sleeping was much later on, uh, you know, Nora's older now potty trained. Um, but she would like, if she had an accident in the middle of the night, so like the first night it happened, had an accident crying a little bit. I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. Like stripped her bed got her cleaned off and then she slept in our bed. Like wasn't going to put her in the bed with Kimberly because that's not fair to her. Didn't really feel like throwing her on the couch was a smart idea. In hindsight, I should have because what happened next and and maybe it wasn't, but in in my mind it was intentional is that it became like a thing. And it was like every, like every other day it was like, I had a potty. Guess I'm coming to your bed. <laughs> it finally was like, no, that's not gonna happen. So it just made her sleep in her own pee. So, so. I'm, I'm kidding. We 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 didn't do that. I just sucked it up and had a spare set of sheets ready. But I I considered it definitely. Um, but yeah, that that was the second one. So it started out kind of like, oh, well, you know, we'll be nice. But uh, you know, you give a mouse a cookie. So so I'm I'm kind of unintentionally letting Regan sleep in her own pee. So she's fully potty trained during the waking hours. But at night, she, she I don't know, I just don't think she wants it bad enough. You know, <laughs> I, I, you, you think about, uh, like, um, she, she she has these nighttime pull-ups, which are more absorbent than the normal pull-ups. So th- she thinks it's just like a green light to go to town peeing in there. And like, you know, we'll get her ready for bed and we'll, we'll read to her, or, you know, do the nighttime routine. And sometimes she's peed herself before she's even fallen asleep. Like she, she just says, Hey, I have this comfort of this pull up. So I'm just going to. So if she, just... if she, so she does pee herself in her own bed. She, does, she doesn't come wake you up and jump on you. Well, <laughs> only if she pees herself so much that the pull up now, like basically overflows. And then she does get wet, which which doesn't doesn't happen all the time. But, but I mean, like the, these pull ups just get so heavy. Like you could bludgeon someone with them. Like you just take it off and <laughs> you know how like in the Olympics they have the hammer throw. Like I think if you just tied a bunch of chain to it, you could you could use that as a supplement. Like, yeah, it turns your kid into like a Stretch Armstrong doll, which is yeah. one of the most lethal things you can have in your own house. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how she could walk from her room to our room dragging a three-pound diaper behind her, but... Um, yeah. We're, but, we're, I just don't think... I mean, like, 
I just don't think she's got has the the want to to transition. <laughs> I love that term when I like it. She doesn't have the right stuff. She's Jordan in the daytime, but she's definitely Scotty as soon as she hits the shoot. <laughs> I think people have been listening to this Jordan documentary. No so long. clutch. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this is just like you know if. <laughs> If Jordan if Jordan was in diapers at six months and his mom says, Michael, why are you still in diapers? You're six months old now. He'd be like, I took it personal. I, that was all I needed. Why she had to go say that. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I, I took it personal. Uh, Whereas if, if Scott, so I went and peed down, in her bed. Eight, eight hours might as well be 1.8 seconds. And just uh, like, I'm, not, I'm not even trying. I'm not going in. I just, I just um, think we've all been the, Jordan docked out. Oh, for, yes. For sure. I, I, I think we should continue to sneak in as many uh, references as we can. Um, I, I'm really mad at myself, by the way. I meant to butcher like a thousand more phrases since you're like a rock reference, and I just totally <laughs> forgot to do it. I had like three in the in the clip, and I didn't I didn't use them. Hey, it's not like I can compare to Andrew Jackson to Lamar Jackson or anything like that. It's, that it's, was mistakes have been made. That was genius. Yeah. It was Chevy Trucks, by the way. Thanks for looking that up for me, Chris. I, I Originally a Bob any... Seger song. Yes. I apologize to any uh, car or vehicle or truck snobs out there, but uh, just understand uh, I don't care. I don't they, care at all. At all. They, they don't prefer care. the two enthusiasts. Okay. And also, Dork. Dan, you, you, you missed a chance to call it a Bob Dylan song. I, I, I won't <laughs> miss another opportunity. I'm sorry. That was all the motivation um, I needed. <laughs> So I took a person. So, someone hand Dan an iPad. <laughs> so, so another uh, another big one for us before I get to the uh, before we kind of transition, get it over to the food stuff would Segway. be g- getting them from cribs to the big boy beds <laughs> was uh, was a bit of an ordeal. So they weren't ready for it at first. A because we had them in the same room. Um, and the, the big reason why we didn't have them in beds if they were in the same room is just because they'd kill each other. They'd kill each other today if they were still in the same room. Um, so they stayed in cribs. Uh, but what we had to do is because Dominic did a front flip out of one one day. It's top heavy lad. Um, so we ended up having to take the bottoms out and just have the, the mattress on the floor. Um, once we were really making some hay with the, with the potty training, that's when we wanted to do their own beds and their own bedrooms and stuff like that. So we ended up transitioning Isaac out first. He moved into what was Jerry Ann's office. We moved to her office in the basement. We ended up getting him a full size bed. A, we felt a little bit more comfortable with it because less likely to fall out of it. B, he, anytime that he would come and lay in one of our beds, um, cause we actually had, We've had a guest bed before. We've had we have the regular bed, uh, you know, obviously in our bedroom. Anytime that he would lay in something like that, any big bed, he always fell asleep quickly. And we so we just had the mattress. So we set up the full size for him. He took to it immediately, no issue whatsoever. Dominic, we tried transitioning his bed over to like a twin. He always would get super nervous because he didn't have that enclosure that made him feel safe. So he always thought that he would fall out of it. So he's rolling with a queen size now. That's another one. That one was given to us from Jerry Ann's parents. So we ended up kind of lucking into our bedding situation. Um, but a bed of that size, there are times where we have to lay with him before he'll actually go down or fall asleep. But in terms of him being able to sleep in the bed like that, that was probably the biggest transition. They don't leave their rooms. When they go to bed, they don't get up until we come in and get them. So they're That's awesome. How did you do they're that? Su- 
I don't know, dude. Like, I don't. I almost don't want to draw attention to it. I think they think once they're in there, they can't leave. Like, if I discipline them, if I put icing in his bed, it's like you're chilling in here for five minutes. Dude's in his bed for five minutes. He doesn't play with anything. He doesn't cause a mess or anything like that. He's literally just in his bed for five minutes. It's crazy. So they don't listen for most things, but they at least (laughs) think that like the floor is lava when we put them into their bedrooms and they actually don't leave it. So that's one area where we've won as parents, but that was, that that was a big one. That was a, that for whatever reason, more than a lot of other big ones, that that's a milestone that really kind of stuck with us. The transition over to big boy bed. We're pretty happy about it. But I, 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 not even making a joke. I think he's probably just so comfortable in that queen size bed. He's like, why would I want to leave? I mean, my brother's not strangling me. This bed is huge. Most twenty-year-olds don't have a queen-size bed. I got it made in the shape. I didn't have a. I, I didn't have I didn't a queen-size queen size bed size until like twenty-seven until or twenty-eight. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I had a full spoiled pretty much my entire life. Like spoiled. I was. I was. Six, I was six-two in like eighth grade, sleeping in a twin-size bed, all the way up until I was twenty three or something like that pretty i also kind of i feel bad because we're kind of ruining regular beds for him when he gets older because he's living he's living california king life right now Mm -hmm. just with his size and relation like he's gonna end up having to get a room that's nothing but bed if he's gonna recreate this when he gets older so speaking of cribs i remember Shaq's mtv cribs and he had a a seamless seamless (laughs) what you did there Uh, that's called a transition hello uh Anyways, uh, isn't that what this episode's all about? Anyways, Shaq had a bed that was like 12 foot by 12 foot, and that's literally what Dominic has right now for himself. Pretty much. The old Louisiana King, I think they call it. It's not all they have in common. (laughs) 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 All right, so let's get over to food. Um, I think we've talked about the sleep stuff enough, and frankly, I don't think any of this is really in scope for Bobo quite yet. I will tell you everything that we just talked about. Took some time before we got there. Um, weirdly enough, when when the when the boys first came home from the NICU, they went through a weird three month stretch where they slept super easy. Um, but then after that, that's when a lot of the co sleeping stuff happened. So that, that that stuff's all coming down the road for him. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's a, there, there's a there's a chat going on as well. I made the mistake of just reading it just now. That's not for you, listeners. That's for me. Um, so on to food. So there are obviously a couple key transitions. That's, that's what you want to eat huh? about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so whether or not they, uh, they take nicely to the boob, how it is with boob and formula, um, moving on to solid foods and stuff like that. What were you guys' experiences or some of the key transitions from a food perspective as they uh, started growing for you? Me, not all man, at once. Me, me. Whoever feels like I'll tell you what Dan go first this time. I you, with the food thing, I like I don't have much. Uh, Nora just loved like all food right away. There was never really she was never really picky with what she ate or drank when she was young. Now that she got older, uh, that most certainly changed. I don't know how you go from at two years old, you know, dark chocolate acai berry things to. I only want mac and cheese. Like, I don't know when that transition happened, but I screwed up somewhere. Uh, so don't talk to me about food transitions, I guess. But uh, no, I, I, I really don't have much. The The transition went 
really really smooth actually and i can't explain why it, it's it's funny you talk about that because like i had the same experience uh at least with my, my firstborn she would eat anything you could give her hummus uh yeah ch- chicken and rice a- anything you know when when she was old enough to eat solid food then now it's quesadillas mac and cheese chicken nuggets the the the, the holy trinity of, of kids meals so uh yeah i don't know at some point they just lose their their foodiness um well that's the big thing there's not some great advice to give for the really young kids because they're either going from the liquid over to stuff that you can play around with so chris Mm -hmm. we we talked about this a little bit before the show so one thing we didn't do we didn't buy a jar of baby food not one so what we did was So essentially what we did was, um, and me and Jerrion have conflicting memories of this. Um, I remember pureeing some simple things like sweet potato and avocado and stuff like that. She stands firm that, and I do remember this, and it wasn't very far into the solid food experiment, so we just kind of gave them stuff and saw what they did with it. Now, obviously, we're not giving them, you know, beef jerky and stuff like that, but doing things like, you know, sweet potato, avocado, fish, um, they would eat vegetables back then and stuff like that. So really the transition is not the first one. It's the second one. They'll eat whatever you put in front of them until they like turn on as people and they start developing tastes and likes and dislikes. Or really, I, I'm convinced it's more of this. They just decide they want to be assholes about certain things. And this is one to where it seems like every kid universally plants his feet in the ground. And if you're listening and you're the person that says, oh, my kid ate great with everything, this show ain't for you. You can turn it off as far as I'm concerned. Or at least don't advertise that fact. Because you're apparently doing something that we're all doing wrong. Because you're right. Somewhere Maybe along the line. podcast. Yeah. And, and frankly, I'll listen. I'll, I, I, like I'm I, sounding kind of salty about it. Like, I, I'm, I won't. Love it. Yeah, <clears throat> not gonna do dude, it, dude. If it's gonna get my, if it's gonna get my kids to eat broccoli without ketchup being involved, yes, I will listen to it. Um, my broccoli kids and ketchup. Kid. No, it's Any- my kids haven't really done that. That is something that I did as a kid. You could give me anything as long as ketchup was involved, and I would at least give it a try. Um, I'm not above. He would do. That's how. A yeah. Would act. I'm not above trying it myself, and I like that callback, Chris. Mm-hmm. I like the callback to a past wasn't episode. Even on that episode, so so uh, before before we get too far in the weeds, uh, what what Shane talked about was called baby led weaning, and we've done that with both of our kids, where it's you know they talk about the pureed stuff or the the strained peas in a jar. Don't give them that stuff. Just just give them avocados. Give them bananas. Give them mushy some, stuff. Some, Mushy, mushy stuffs, pastas, uh, or, or also you could give them things that they could, uh, you know, you know, at, at the time, you know, they might have a, a tooth or three and they, they're really interested in the food you're eating. So you can make that decision on your own. Just give it to them. Let it, let them, let them swim. Don't let them sink. So, so b- both of our kids might've, you know, tested their gag reflex a little bit and that's okay. I mean, you're not just handing them a burger and walking away. I mean, you're going to give them stuff that they, that are the right portions, but the idea of baby led weaning is to just to forego all those, uh, those baby soft foods mm. and give them, just let them figure it out. And it improves their hand eye coordination. It improves their dexterity. You know, they're, they're picking the stuff up and they're putting it in their pie hole. And, you know, you just got to let them experience that. And it, it's worked really well. 
the, the daycare we went to said, you know, your kid at eight or nine months is ahead of some of the kids who are 14 or 15 months because you just let them, let them figure it out. And I, I think I would never come from a point of I'm not an expert and I don't usually give recommendations on this podcast. I just say, Hey, this is mm. my experience, but I would definitely recommend uh, the baby led weaning yeah. for anyone with a That's... newborn who hasn't started eating yet. I found it to be very successful and it sounds like Shane did too. No, it's, it, it worked quite well with us, but even if you are going to go with the baby soft foods, another suggestion I would make is to don't buy the, don't buy the jars of it. Mm-hmm. And and th- and this isn't even from like a moral high ground talking about what's in them standpoint. I just think it's silly. If you have a blender and you have a good produce section near you, no it's shit. actually just, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, and to me, I don't even want to take the, I don't want to hear the argument that it's more work to do it that way. Cause frankly, I don't want to have to throw away or like I, we recycle and I like to recycle, but recycling is super annoying because there's no good way to do it because I've only got one recycling bin and it's always full way too quick. So I've got cans and jars and just everything that we don't want to throw away sitting around at all times. There's no need to add to that. So if instead you can go to the, go to a produce section, get the stuff, just put it in a blender and puree it yourself. It's less expensive. You've got less clutter around. It is just easier in the long run and it's fresh. Like you, you kind of see how the sausage is made in that case. Um, Mm-hmm. So this isn't really like a moral high ground. Well, you should do it this way because of the preservatives. I just life was easier when we didn't have any extra clutter. You've got enough of it going around. And the baby wide leaning worked great, but if you are going to go the puree route, I suggest kind of doing it yourself. I think you'd be better off for it. As a guy who did buy all the jars, uh, I wish I would have known the stuff that you two talked about. I mean, obviously things worked out fine. Um, Hand-eye coordination might be a little, little suspect, but maybe that, maybe that's me being harsh. I don't know. Should kids be catching frisbees like one-handed at five? Because Nora's not doing that. But no, I, 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 I do wish I would have have known about those strategies. Because like I said, we we went jarred. It worked out fine, so don't feel guilty if that's what you're doing. But Chad, I would also recommend making that switch because I wish I I would have. So let's lighten it up a little bit. Speed round, bonus question. More than one answer is permittable, but only one at a time per person. If you were going to transition from <laughs> liquids to solids, what would be the worst solid food to lead off with your kid? I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to say sour Skittles. I, I thought you were going to go with flaming Hot Cheetos. Did you, did you was, decide to bail on that one? No, that's why I said more than one per person is permittable. That was my backup option. Thanks for taking it away. Looks like the old dog's out of the container. <laughs> hey, listen. This is just some food for consideration for all of you. <laughs> oh, uh, it's not funny to them, Chris. The uh, so, if I had to choose, I'd probably go a caramel apple. Uh, I mean, not only can they like, just like not hold it, I mean they're definitely not gonna chew it, right? Uh, bacon Dude, wraps. I, I, can't, I don't feel like I could eat a caramel apple properly right now. Like that's a, that is an intimidating food for me. I can tell you this comfortably. I've never had one. Really, you're missing and it's out. a choice. 
it's not even that I haven't had the opportunity. I've had I've had plenty of times this asked me, "Hey, you want this caramel apple?" Nope. And it's 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 purely a confidence thing. It has nothing to do with like whether or not I want to taste that. It's just I don't trust myself to eat this in front of you. I you it's a lack of preparedness. You should be carrying around an apple slicer, and that makes the experience much more enjoyable. How are you gonna How are you gonna slice a caramel apple? Does it? Yeah, the, the thing with the eight things, and you push it straight down. Does the see? I feel like that's frowned upon, though. I feel like that's isn't that like eating. Uh, pizza with a fork and knife i don't that's a shit I like, yeah, oh, oh okay well well, well you know what when when dom and isaac want one are you gonna hand it to him on a fucking stick the most impractical thing ever or are you just gonna <laughs> one jab straight down with the apple slicer and now it's a delicious no. snack you can no, eat with dude. a fork and it's clean no. i'm gonna do what i always do i'm gonna do the thing where i was like yeah i'm gonna go get you one real quick and then i'm gonna not do it and hope they forget about it and it works <laughs> Maybe maybe right that's now. the advantage of boys because if I did that to Nora, she would remind me of that shit twenty years later. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that doesn't. So so yeah. Dan, what what is what is your answer to this question then? Bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. <laughs> I I my <laughs> my my runner up answer was just a sizzling warheads pan, sizzling pan of fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, you can probably eat the food. It's just three hundred degrees. <laughs> That's... Um, knowing my boys, I'm gonna go ahead and say shish kebabs. <laughs> on the stick, on the stick for reasons that Dan has already touched on. Is it because they'd kill themselves or each other? I I feel more confident they would kill each oh, other. Oh, brothers murder. killing each other. The classic story of old Bane and Cable. <laughs> Ah, so we're making it a point in respect to Bobo and respect to our listeners. These are going to be some shorter episodes. We're also going to try to get some more content out to you a little bit more consistently. So we're going to try to actually do uh, multiple episodes for you here tonight. So in terms of transition, so one thing that we did kind of gloss over as we got over to the solid foods, how big of a thing was the like the liquid diets for your kids? So with ours, just kind of touching on it briefly. They breastfed for quite a while. Um, we were into year two before they ended up weaning off. And I know that that was a bit of a process for Jerry Ann, but it's one that she wasn't, you know, against or anything like that. She obviously is very for the, you know, health benefits of breast milk and stuff like that. But formula was introduced the entire time as well. That was more out of a supply and demand standpoint and also just a lot of the things that we had to work with with them being as small as they were Mm -hmm. um how was that transition for you guys when it comes to breastfeeding versus not breastfeeding and the transition from liquids to solids so so big first of all big shout out to jerry ann for making it more than a year with with two children i think like all all joking aside that's a hell of an achievement and and she was gangster gangster about she's still uh, proud of that we met props (laughs) Same, pretty much for all all moms who are, are you know, there, there's there's no there's no shame, you know, you got to feed your kid how it works, whether you breastfeed or bottle feed from 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 the word go. So there there's no there's no shame in, in anyone's game whatsoever. You're just trying to feed your kid. Uh, Rachel had a really shitty work schedule when Reagan was born. Uh, we only made it to seven months breastfeeding. Well, we I I didn't do anything. Uh, so we, we were formula feeding up until one year when she'd gone whole milk. 
and and she was eating regular food at that time anyways uh mackenzie who turns one uh in about a week and a half actually 12 days um hey, uh rachel is still breastfeeding once a day and we have a lot of storage stuff uh built up so she's gonna make it to a year or two until the frozen stuff runs out but uh a pretty great feat i, I know rachel's very proud of getting her to one years old uh on the old boob um we're we're maybe a little less uh what's the word strident like really uh attached to the rules like uh we have uh, when when the milk supply was was lower we were just giving mackenzie a uh, whole milk uh i know they say oh not to a till a year but we we've kind of thumbed our nose at that and just given her whole well milk because shut up they it. yeah exactly just fight that straw man argument that i, I like harping on others for for getting on but uh <laughs> Yeah, so so uh, Mackenzie's gonna make it a year, and Reagan made seven months. Um, but they they I mean we we formula fed Reagan until she was one. Yeah, Nora Nora had formula introduced, I, I think almost immediately, uh, and I'm I'm not sure obviously how long um, Nora's mom did, did the breastfeeding. I couldn't tell you. I can tell you that I wasn't ever given like frozen supplies of breast milk. Uh, so I think it was, it was pretty much formula and, and, and whole milk um, pretty early on and, and throughout. So, okay. So yeah. I've got, I've got a question for you guys that is also an admission. So whether or not you guys can relate, I don't care. Someone is going to, someone is going to have a similar story and we are going to be brothers um, by proxy. So I'm going to ask you guys if you guys can relate with something, and then what we'll do is we'll get into, as we're wrapping up, any transitions that are coming up for us as our kids are getting a little bit older that maybe we're looking forward to that aren't here yet. But I do have a question. Were you guys, have you guys ever held your kid wearing a cutoff or shirtless or anything like that? Held your kid when they were still at breastfeeding stage, and they made the foolish, foolish mistake, <laughs> eyes closed, drowsy, whatever it is, of trying or successfully latching on to you no that's a no for me dog each each one of my boys has <sighs> what ups, uh, guys did it, it, did you let him go or did you you stop it i didn't uh they didn't need much uh coercion into stopping they caught on all all the hair immediately yeah they caught on pretty immediately like something seems amiss here um but yeah that was kind of the the first time that happened it was very startling then it was hilarious every time after that um only happened a few times if i'm being honest but that's I was very careful with how I held them. I typically held them more upright as opposed to having their face in the danger zone after that. So there you go. I, I, I didn't know. So there was a pretty big build up to that question. And I thought you were going to ask if either of me or Dan tried it straight from the tap, uh, which I'm going to, I'm going to gladly no comment that one. But uh, so, yes. So you did. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you for answering. So you completely did. Okay. How was it? I'm not telling on myself. So you loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's fine. He's saying it with his eyes, folks. Um, Yeah. No, I wasn't going to ask that. DJ, play us out. 
no, 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 no. We're gonna wrap. <laughs> we're gonna wrap up with this. Um, what is the? We don't if wrap not up the here. Next, what's the next? Yeah, I mean, clearly. Um, what is the next transition, or what is a transition that you in particular are looking forward to? Uh, that maybe is not here yet that a, you would either like some listener feedback on what to expect or B that you're mentally preparing for Chris, what do you got? Uh, I think the next transition is when Mackenzie is kind of like a, a real full fashion, like full fledged person and can interact with her sister. And I'm, I'm not looking forward to the transition with, you know, two kids who, who might not get along. Right. You know, Mackenzie's kind of a baby, there's no, you know, there's not really a relationship in terms of like interactivity other than she's just in the same zone and like more of like the sisterly fighting stuff that or, or playing or anything that, you know, whether you're two boys or, or Bobo's two girls have gone through. Okay. Dan, what do you got? So uh, Nora had a Zoom call today with her... Um, potential kindergarten teachers and principal and secretary at the Jefferson elementary. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. A couple proud alums here. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, th- that'll be interesting. You know, she's, she's gone to daycare since day one, basically. And so, I mean, she's used to being away from home and everything, but the, the transition into like real school and doing real school stuff, um, is coming up here in a couple months. So yeah, that we'll, we'll see how that goes. That's awesome, dude. I can't wait. It's, I'm sorry it's, that it's not that awesome. It's a little, little terrifying. She, she's old. Oh, so I'm no, no. Old. I'm, I, I'm more meant the being back thing. But oh, in terms for of, sure. In terms of like the scariness of it, hundred percent. I mean, also the whole not being able to go to Washington thing. Clearly that's gotta be a disappointment. But just the fact that it's back, yeah, that, that's a little bit of elementary school rivalry bunch of, for you, folks. Bunch Washington, of jagoffs over there. Hey, first president, no big deal or anything, guys. What number was actually? I believe. Well, I think Jefferson was fifteen. Washington was what twenty-four. While we're just fucking up every reference possible here, let me. Uh, so dude makes one incorrect Toyota reference. Okay. All right, cool, okay. dude. All right, all right. What, so what the transition I'm looking forward to was Thomas Jefferson. The transition that I'm looking forward to. You guys don't know is he was number three behind John Adams. So I'm looking forward to when a either the boys are able to defend my honor and beat the ass of anyone who brings up incorrect references that I make. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or or B, or B. Um, I'm looking forward to them developing a little bit more of an. I'm looking forward to pretending. I'm looking forward to like the um, imagining and like us playing a game. Like and, and again, it's like I don't know why this is the reference that comes to mind because I never played this even when I was a kid. This isn't the '60s, but like Cowboys and Indians. Like he's a character, I'm a character, and like we're playing in the yard or something like that. A lot of right now is just spending time together, us playing something, us singing songs and dancing. They dig that stuff. But like the entire pretending, 
I feel like we're kind of knocking on the door of that. We're on the cusp of it. I'm really looking forward to being able to pretend with my kids. Um, that's going to be the next big one because I think that they've kind of got their likes and dislikes right now, but a lot of their personality is going to start developing once that happens. Yes. I'm very much. Can, I can. Tell can you I? That's a whole lot of fun. That's a really fun age. Even did though. You, Go ahead. Did Did you have this issue, Chris, where they want to pretend, but they pretend on their own terms? For example, you're playing Barbies or whatever, and they have a story in their head, but they yeah. tell you what to say with every line. Okay, yeah. pretend you said this. Okay, now pretend you said this. So that that was something we had to transition Aura out of because I didn't want to play with her anymore, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not just the sound guy, okay? Mm. I'm pretending too. Yeah, for real. Story, it's our story. I said improv one hundred and one. You say yes, and Nora, yeah. get with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not supposed to be a you're doing it wrong situation. All right, well, I <clears throat> I think we covered some nice stuff that's going to be coming down the pike with Bobo. Ended with some stuff that's coming down with us, uh, and also we learned that I know nothing about car nineties car commercials. Yeah. Really Ooh. weird one to really uh, hold my feet to the fire on there, Dan. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> and I, what we would sure, like. I'm pretty sure we call it Cowboys and Indigenous Peoples now. <laughs> that's fine. Racist. Thought it was um, Dallas versus we, Washington. Are, are we even allowed so to did, call them, are we allowed to call them Cowboys anymore? Friend, cow are, people? Are they, are they frontiersmen? Okay. Dan, you've got sole responsibility as social media czar for this episode. How about you tell everybody where they can find us? At Ford Ads. Ford Ads? Ford Ads. I'm just kidding. It's at the number four dads. Four, F-O-R, dads. And you can find us at that on Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebooks. We should do a LinkedIn and potentially a an old Snapchat. I don't know, but right now it's just Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll we'll expand when we can afford somebody else on our payroll. So, at Ford Ads for Dads, please. Also, please feel free to reach out to us at FordAdsForDads at gmail with any thoughts on this episode, any ideas for some future episodes, um, and how to and imagine any... Europe. Yes, yeah, that yeah. too. Please let me know. So we're going to go ahead and play some music for you, Bobo. We hope that you're uh, enjoying life. And uh, please, like I said, be careful with how you're holding the child. Those mouths are wandering. Damn. Dad? Dad? Dads? Like dads? Dads? Lads? Fads? Nads.